Hey, our newest members, we're going to put them up on the screen. This is Austin and Carol Brenning. Austin and Carol Brenning. Austin uh, was baptized this past Sunday, and Carol is a previously immersed believer. She transferred her membership. And what happened is uh, Darren uh, Mingear in our church does financial counseling, and these are two of his clients. And at their first meeting, he invited them to come to Vero Christian Church. And they came, and they began attending, and they got a warm loving welcome here from the congregation. And then they attended the 830 service. And after the 830 service, they went to the Discover class. And Tom Guy was teaching the Discover class at that time. And Austin realized, though he'd been following Jesus for decades, he'd never been baptized in the biblical way and for the biblical reason. So at 89 years old, he was baptized into Christ last Sunday. And we welcome them to our church. And that's how it's done at Team Jesus. We all work together in that process and in people's spiritual journey. Now, we've been in a sermon series entitled Rhythm, and we're talking about staying in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. We want to have an experience with God that is one of peace and joy, but that does not always characterize everyone's experience. Now, I woke up early this morning, I had an extra half hour so I was doing some reader, uh, reading rather in this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Anybody read, the, read this book here? You've read this book? All right, fantastic. And Avon back there has read this book, yes. Okay, well, let me just read you a quote because it goes along a little bit with what I'm saying today. He writes, love, joy, and peace does not describe the felt experience of some Christians. Often we come to church hoping for a God hit a fleeting moment of connection to God before we return to the secular wasteland. Now, we do not want our daily experience of God to be a secular wasteland. What happens here in the church is very important on Sunday, but it's supplemental to what's going on every single day the rest of our lives. So in rhythm, we're talking about those rhythms or disciplines lifestyle practices that connect us to God and particularly with the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And in previous messages, we've already talked about reading the Bible or listening to the Bible every day. And last week I was talking about daily prayer, but I was really coming at it more from a theological standpoint, more motivational, hopefully. This is what happens when we pray every day. We're connecting ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the holiness of the Holy Spirit, to the peace of the Holy Spirit, but not so much about how to do a daily prayer time. One person walked out after the 930 service and said, I still don't know how to pray. And on one level, prayer is very simple. It's just a conversation with God. But there are best practices for prayer that are revealed in His Word. So that's what I want to focus in on today. I want to be very practical, very pragmatic. Here is how you build out a daily quiet time with God, Scripture reading and prayer. A lot of you are already doing that. I recognize some people, not so much. There are many Christians who, for whatever reason, have not been able to establish this discipline or this practice in their lives. According to George Barna, who's been a lifetime surveying churches, he says 32% of Christians do, 68% don't. And I have a feeling in our church that's probably reversed. Probably 68 do and maybe 32 don't because this is a very special church. But I'm really targeting those I want to help those who maybe haven't been able to establish that discipline in their life yet. I'm going to say three things. All right, first of all, we need a definite time and place. We need to have a time and place. Luke 22, 39, Jesus went out, as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives. So when Jesus was in Jerusalem, he had a favorite place to go 
for prayer and to be with God. The Mount of Olives, and that's where the Garden of Gethsemane was, by the way, on the Mount of Olives. And when he was other places, he made it a point to get out to a lonely spot and pray. The Bible usually calls it a wilderness or a desert. In Luke's gospel, nine times it says of Jesus that he went out to a quiet place to pray. So this was his habit. And not that he just did it nine times, it's simply recorded nine times in that gospel. Now, uh, somebody said to me the other day, my prayer time is my commute to work, and that's when I carry on a conversation with God. I think that's great. I think it falls under the heading of praying constantly, you know, never ceasing to pray, pray without ceasing. We want to carry on a conversation with God. But I don't think this is necessarily that, what we're talking about. I saw a bumper sticker. It said, honk if you love Jesus, text if you want to go meet him. Now, so we're not totally undistracted when we're driving, and we want to have an undistracted time with the Lord. And for me, it's the park. It's right across the street from my, my house, South County Park, probably a half a mile, and I just walk over there. And while I'm walking over to the park at 6 o'clock in the morning, it's dark. There is nobody else out, so it's quiet. I'm listening to the one-year Bible. And I, I listen to that when I walk out, and then I walk the perimeter of that park, and that's when I do my praying. So God talks to me, and I talk back to God. That's the quiet. My house is a distraction factory. It's distracting. <laughs> There are people in there who want my attention. There's always a project or something to do in there. So I like to get out. But other people do other things. Susanna Wesley, back in the day, had 19 children. And so she taught her children, when mommy puts her apron over her head, you do not bother mommy. That's her time with God. And they learned that and they obeyed. That's how she did it. We all have to do our own thing. Find a place to go. James Clear he wrote the book, Atomic Habits. Great book. He writes, the more disciplined your environment is, the less disciplined you need to be. Don't swim upstream. Create an environment that's conducive to prayer. Oswald Chambers says, we must have a specially selected place for prayer. For each morning, this plague of wandering thoughts begins as we think to ourselves, this needs to be done. I must do that. Jesus said, go in your closet and shut your door. Having a secret stillness before God means deliberately shutting the door on our distractions and remembering Him. So there's a place, and then there's a time. And probably for most people, that time's going to be early in the morning. There's exceptions to that. Not everybody's a morning person. Some people are night people. HT has his quiet time at night, right, HT? That's fine. I'm just saying, as a general rule, probably for most, it's going to be in the morning. Mark 1.35 very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus set his alarm clock so he could get up early and get out and be with God because he was a very busy guy. In a five-year study of self-made millionaires, author Tom Corley found that almost 50% of them woke up at least three hours before their workday began. So if you get up early and pray, not only will you be full of the Holy Spirit, but your bank account will be full of money. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But I, I find that interesting. Oswald Chambers that I quoted just a minute ago, let me finish his quote up. He says, unless you learn to open the door of your life completely and let God in from your first waking moment of each new day, you will be working on the wrong level throughout the day. But if you will swing the door of your life fully open and pray to your Father who is in the secret place, every public thing in your life will be marked with the lasting imprint 
of the presence of God. So we want to get up early. We want to devote that time to God. Now, we've talked in the past, where am I going to find the time to do that? For most of us, again, we're going to be taking that time from our entertainment budget. From the amount of time each day and night that we devote to binge-watching TV or watching movies or playing video games, whatever form of entertainment, we're going to take some of that time and we're going to give that time to God. Most of us have a budget of time that we can do that with. Here's a second kind of preliminary. Have a place in time. And secondly, incorporate Scripture. It's a good thing to incorporate Scripture into your prayer time. Romans 8, Paul writes, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we should pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. The Spirit intercedes on our behalf according to God's will. We're, we're all not that great at prayer. The Holy Spirit has to help us. Now, I figure when you quote a Scripture in prayer, that Scripture was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we're actually using the words of the Holy Spirit to pray. It is a Spirit-led prayer by definition. We do pray Scripture. We're typically going to be praying things we would not ordinarily pray on our own. For instance, if you read the one-year Bible, that's the plan that I use and I advocate. It's very balanced, and you're going to get a psalm, one of David's psalms, in each day's reading. Pray that psalm. Pray that psalm. It's easy. It's already written out. Put it in the first person and pray it, and we will find ourselves praying things we would not ordinarily pray. All right, thirdly and finally, I'm going to say one final thing, but I'm going to spend the rest of my time on this one. Use a template for prayer. Now, I'm going to talk about what I do. There's almost no other way to approach this. It's not because I'm all that. I'm not. Uh, my daily quiet time with God is about one hour. It's about a half an hour with Scripture. It's about a half an hour with prayer. I know people in this congregation who pray for two hours every day. It's not about how much time. And it's not about comparison. I'm just kind of targeting that 68% who haven't really figured this out yet. This is a way to do it. And it happens to be the way that Jesus recommended. So that's a pretty strong commendation. Luke 11, 1. The disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus responded, this is how you should pray. And then he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and and so on. Now, I advocate, I advocate using that as a template for a number of reasons. Number one, it's memorable. A lot of people have already memorized the Lord's Prayer, are familiar with it, even non-Christians. Someone was saying just last week, they were telling me in my AA group and recovery there, we close every meeting with the Lord's Prayer. Now, they're not all Christians, but they know the Lord's Prayer. So it's memorable. And even if we don't, we can learn it pretty quickly. Number two, it's scalable. You can scale it. So I could say the Lord's Prayer. You could say the Lord's Prayer in probably 15 or 20 seconds. Or if we use it as a template, you could build it out. And what I mean by template, we're going to see here as five different areas in which to pray. We could pray for 20 seconds, or we can pray for 20 minutes, or we can use it and pray for two hours. It's scalable. And then the third thing is, it's very well balanced. It's very well balanced. Our prayer time will not be, heal me, give me, heal me, give me. That's a part of our prayer time, and that's legit. But there are other ways and areas in which we should be praying every day, and using the Lord's Prayer as a template helps us to do that. Okay, so for those reasons, I think the Lord's Prayer makes a great template. There are others. others I know other people use the acronym ACTS, ACTS. A stands for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. 
It's great. That works. Use that. But here we're just using, we're using the Lord's Prayer as our template. Okay, so let's break it out. Here's, here's one way to do that. This is the way I do it as I'm walking around in, the, in South County Park at 6 o'clock in the morning. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. This would be the area of praise on the temple. This is when we can praise God. Hallowed means holy. We say hallowed be your name. We're saying I want to keep your name holy. And I use this as a time to praise God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's in Revelation. It's a hymn. This is when I say, Father in heaven, I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. You can pray. That's a scripture. See what I mean by building this out with scripture. That's the greatest commandment, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. When was the last time we told God, I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? Well, do I really have to do that every day? Well, God's a person. This is a relationship. It's the greatest commandment. He wants to hear it. And we don't want to be like the, the husband who said, you know, I told my wife on our wedding day that I love her. And if anything changes, I'll let her know. That's not only bad marriage, it's bad theology. So when was the last time we told God, I love you? For me, it was this morning at 6 o'clock. And before that, it was yesterday morning at 6 o'clock. And I say that every morning. And I love my neighbor as myself. And I love my wife as my own body. And I love my enemy. And I pray for those who persecute me. Right? So a little praise time right there at the very beginning. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is wherever his will is being done. As I understand biblical teaching, the kingdom of God is the church. So this category is called intercession. This is when we pray for other people. We're not praying for other people, like other people in the church. Now, I always start with a very important person in the church, myself. Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. It's within me. So I ask God to heal me of my sin sickness, to bless me, to change me by the Renewing of my mind, oh, work on me first. A body you have given me, I've come to do your will, O God. I set Christ apart as Lord of my heart every morning in my prayer time right here. Your kingdom come. And then I go into praying for other people, other people in the church. I start with my family. I pray God to bless my wife and then my two children and their spouses and their kids, my grandkids. I pray for Carson sitting over there. My grandson's over here. I pray for Carson every day and the rest of the children there. I pray for my mom, and I pray for my sister and my brother and their spouses and their children. Okay? We get the family. You get your family in there. And then expand out to other people in the church. Now, I make it a point to pray for elders and deacons in our congregation. I think that's part of my responsibility. So they're automatically all on the list, and their spouses, their kids, if I, I happen to know them, as well as the staff that's on the church here. And then I pray for other people in the congregation as well. Uh, Mar so Terry and Marion Watkins, Ter Terry was an elder in this church, and once you're on that list, you're never off. I pray for all the elders, even if they moved away or go off of rotation. Marianne needs special prayer today, as we know. She's over in North Carolina. She's recovering from a stroke. So great time to lift her up and intercede on her behalf. So we call this our time of intercession. Intercession. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we cover two areas, praise, intercession. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is where we can present our requests to God. You see how balanced this is, and the order is important. We're starting with praise, then we intercede for others, and now we're asking for our requests. And it can be the physical needs that we have. It can be our need for healing, financial. There's some estrangement in our family and relationships. So there's that. 
But also, we can pray for our spiritual need. The Bible says, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I say, feed me with the bread of life. Quench my thirst with living water and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Whenever somebody asks, how can we pray for you, Steve? I always say, please pray that I would be full of the Holy Spirit. That's what I need. And a great scripture to incorporate here is we're asking God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And I know we have the Holy Spirit, but you can have the Holy Spirit and not be full of the Holy Spirit, not have yielded to the Holy Spirit, not be in sync with the Holy Spirit. So I ask God to fill me every single day. And there's a great scripture, out of your glorious riches, please strengthen me with power through your spirit in my inner man, that I may know Christ and his love, the height, the width, the depth, and the breadth of his love. I want to experience the love of Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who what? Loves me and delivered himself for me. Pray to be full of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And by the way, those are all qualities of God. And as we pray through that list, we can say, God, I want to praise you for being loving and for loving me. Can you love through me? I want to praise you for rejoicing over me. Now the joy of the Lord is my strength. Fill me with your joy. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for being at peace with me. Now give me that inner peace, and I want to be a peacemaker. You can go all the way through the fruit of the Spirit, praising God for those qualities and asking for those qualities at the same time. So we're calling that, that's our time to make requests of God. So using the Lord's Prayer as a template, that's just the whole thing today, is we've done praise, we've done intercession, We've done requests. Now we come to confession. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Or forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. It means the same thing. So this is when I I confess my sin. And the nice thing about doing this every day, you don't have to remember your sin from a week ago or a month ago. That's too much time. That's too much sin for you guys. Trust me. You only have to go back to yesterday. Just remember over the past day, what are the sins that I've committed that I need to confess. And I usually have something to confess. Uh, for, and, and note that this part of the prayer is not just confession of sin. It's asking God, it's committing to a certain kind of attitude, uh, having a forgiving attitude. I'm saying, forgive me as I forgive those who sin against me. And so not only do I ask forgiveness, but I forgive anybody I need to forgive. Anybody who's wounded me, sinned against me in the last day, and sometimes there are people, and I just say, Lord, I forgive them. Even if I don't feel it, I'm going to fake it till I feel it. I'm going to confess it. Lord, I forgive them because I don't want my mercy and grace and forgiveness from God for me to be jeopardized by me holding a grudge against someone else. God holds us to that standard. So we confess and we forgive during this time. And then the final area, using the Lord's Prayer as a template, I call this spiritual protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I think I said this last Sunday. If we're not praying that every day, as Jesus taught us to, we are more vulnerable to temptation than we really need to be. 
If we could all line up and I could have a conversation with every person in this room and say, are you having a daily quiet time with God when you are listening to or reading the Bible and praying and asking God to lead you not into temptation? Yes or no? If the answer is no, I don't need to know anything else to know that Satan is having victory in your life. Because that means we're just trying to muscle through this thing on willpower alone, and that never works. Henry Nguyen came to Mother Teresa and asked for spiritual direction. Now, these are two kind of spiritual giants as far as spiritual disciplines are concerned. Henry Nguyen asked Mother Teresa, could you give me some spiritual direction? And she said something very simple. She said, spend one hour a day with God and don't do anything you know is wrong. Simple as that. But spending the one hour a day with God is one of those things that helps us not to do anything we know is wrong. So, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And if you want to build that out with Scripture, the way I do it, this is when I put on the full armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6. Those are pretty easy to remember if you just start with the top and work your way down. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, take up the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray on all occasions. Right, there you go. There you, we are clothing ourselves with the armor of God through prayer. And in each one of those things, they can be built out further with Scripture. For instance, I put on the helmet of salvation. I've been saved by grace through faith, that not of myself. It's your gift, not by works, lest anyone should boast. For I am God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which you prepared in advance for me to do. All right, that's my salvation. Thank you, Father, for planning my salvation and sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting that mission and coming and living for me and love and teaching me and setting me an example dying for me, paying the full price for my sin, and then rising from the grave so I can have resurrection life and a regenerated heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and my salvation for indwelling me when I was baptized and sanctifying me. You can go through each one of these. The breastplate of righteousness. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on my behalf that I might become the righteousness of God in him. I want to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And I've not yet attained that. Forgetting what's behind, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Righteousness. The obedience of faith and love. Put on the belt of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please you because anyone who comes to you must believe you exist and reward those who earnestly seek you. I do believe. Help my unbelief. On and on and on. Just building these things for as much time as you have. Just memorize one or two scriptures and use that as a hook to build those into our prayers. And we are praying spirit-led prayers according to the template that Jesus has given us. I want to close this morning uh, by having us recite and pray the Lord's Prayer together. Would you please stand? We're going to use the version that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Say it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we pray that from our hearts. We pray that we can walk with you every day, spend time with you, as did Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David, 
as did the Apostle Paul, all these heroes of the faith. You did your work in them before you did your work through them. We need to be in sync and rhythm with the Holy Spirit so we can experience the peace and the joy that you have promised to us and the power to live with a clear conscience before you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.